It's time for Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Brought to you by Vermal Shoe Store, Randall, Newman Construction, Thielen Meats, and Little Falls, SCR Northern, the guys who answer the phone, Northern Sales and Manufacturing, your Ice Castle dealer in Pine River, Dotsler Power Equipment of Aiken, Tracker Boating Center of Brainerd, Oars and Mine and Crosby, Pine River State Bank, Bimert Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, Jack Pine Brewery, the official beer of Brainerd Outdoors, Freedom Firearms, The Power Lodge, Chef Robert's Fish Breading Mix, S&W Bait and Tackle, Crow Wing Recycling, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon, and by Radco, your truck accessory pros. Now, here's your host for Brainerd Outdoors, Ryan Moon. And welcome into another jam-packed edition of Brainerd Outdoors. We're in the fall, so we've got tons of stuff to cover. Fall fishing, we'll talk a lot about that. We'll talk walleyes, muskie, crappies, perch. We'll also head up north, see how the goose and grouse hunting is up there. Plus, Brent Beimer with Beimer Outdoors Archery Pro Shop gets us ready for the rut. And Chef Joel from Black Bear Lodge and Saloon's got another great recipe. All that and more on this week's edition of Brainerd Outdoors. And we'll kick off the show with our Lake and Field Report, as always brought to you by Oars and Mine and Crosby. Keep your garage space clear this winter and store your boat at Oars and Mine in Crosby. Their facility is a four-season destination for all the toys that don't fit in your garage. Oars and Mine, located on Highway 6 in Crosby. Let's kick the show off with our local report, as we always do. Ray Gildow with the Nisswa Guides League joins us. Ray has been uh, very busy on the water, as he always is this time of year. Uh, and I believe we catch Ray up on Leech. Maybe not on the water, Ray, but uh, you're up around that area. One day it's beautiful, and the next day it's so windy you can hardly get out on the lake. And that's kind of been the uh, story, I think, for this past week is we've had lots of cold fronts, uh, lots of extreme temperature changes, you know, from uh, in the low 70s to the, to the high 20s. It's just weird how the last few years, our Septembers have been so hot and the water temperatures have been so warm. And then when we hit October, it's like the, the gate comes down and we don't have that traditional nice fall weather we have and hopefully the rest of october turns out to be nice but that water temperature in most of our lakes now has dropped down into the mid 50s and you know there's always this controversy of when do the lakes actually turn over and if you look on the websites for most of the scientific community they say the surface temperature has to be about 39 degrees before the lakes will actually roll over but for people who are fishing uh, we know that the, the fish are deep now uh, on Gull Lake. They're in 35 to even to 55 feet of water. So that suggests there's been some kind of a turnover. Uh, otherwise, those fish wouldn't be down there. There wouldn't be enough oxygen. But um, So the weather has been really unpredictable, and it's making fishing a little bit more unpredictable. When we've had a couple of nice days, I think the, the bite has been real good. We're still catching perch up here on Leech Lake. And catching more walleyes, uh, and as you know, we've talked about before on the Big Lake, uh, the average depth on Leech Lake on the Big Lake is about 14 feet of water. Now there are some troughs of 40 feet, uh, but a lot, overall it's not very deep. So we don't get a thermocline on the big part of the lake, so we can find those walleyes and the perch in shallow water from from now, you know, all the way through the winter time, actually. If you go into the Walker Bay area where there's uh, as much as 120 feet of water, then that's uh, got thermocline, and that that acts as almost a different lake. And um, I have been fishing the Walker Bay side, but I've been fishing shallow, and that's where I've been doing pretty well perching. Uh, I've had some friends that were up on Wabus, which is on the far north end of the lake, 
And that's been pretty spotty for perch up there for some reason. That's usually a real good early bite up there. But um, the perch, you know, they uh, you got to catch 15, 20 to keep one. But that's all right. There's still a lot of good action. And um, the walleye fishing, as I said, it's been spotty when it's been nice weather. Guys have been doing well, and they've kind of got off from crankbaits and going to jigs and minnows now. And on, on the Leech Lake, I really like white, and I like green and chartreuse. Those are really good colors. And then if we could just kind of jump down to the Brainerd area, uh, Gall Lake has been hotter than a pistol on some days, and then some days you can see them, and they will not bite. And uh, it's easy to see them now because they're getting deeper, and they're down in that, you know, 30 to 40, 45, 50 feet of water even. And uh, there's some days you can sit on them, and, and they will not bite. And I think it's partially because we've had so many fronts come through. And I'm not sure if the fronts affect them as much when they're deep as it does when they're in that 14 to 18 to 20 feet of water. I, I just don't know. But uh, I think for if you can find a couple of nice days now to get out on the water uh, where the weather's been somewhat stable, I think you can do very well during the daytime. You don't have to go out in the evenings like you do, you know, so much of the time in the summer. So it's been uh, it's been a very nice bite. They've been catching really quality fish on gall lake quality walleyes and uh, i think the bass fishing has slowed down a little bit some of the areas where i fish bass on gall and i haven't been there this week but i've talked to some of my friends that have been there uh, it's been harder to find them so i'm guessing those bass also are starting to go down a little bit deeper and then the thing that to remember is because when that water does start to turn over the oxygen level in the water column is pretty much similar so you, even though you're finding fish deep you can still find fish in shallow water. You can still find them in 10, 11, 12, 13 feet of water. So it's a real uh, a challenge to get out and hunt them this time of the year. I guess you could say that, you know, when you can get some stable weather when we haven't had, and we've had 50-mile-an-hour winds this week, when you can find stable weather, uh, and fish are going to bite. And if I could, Brian, I'd like to say a shout-out to one of my friends, Chip Lear, who is, um, who's been with he actually is the owner of Fishing the Wild Side. He writes lots of articles. He's been a, a host for a, a variety of walleye tournaments throughout North America for many, many years. Uh, he was named this uh, week to the National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame in Hayward, Wisconsin. So just a shout-out to Chip Lear. That's a, that's a great honor, and he's been in the business probably for 35 years, so, so good for him. Yeah, it's nice to hear that about Chip, too. Uh, we've had him on the show a few times, so very well-deserved there, Ray. Uh, a couple of things I wanted to ask you. Number one, up back up to Leach for a second, if we could. Anything to report on the muskie and pike front up there? The muskie, the muskie bite has definitely slowed down. That doesn't mean it won't pick up again now when the water gets colder. But right now I'm not seeing a lot of guys fishing muskies the way we were here in August. Uh, in fact, today I've seen two boats on the lake, and I've come from Walker all the way over to Whipple, and I've only seen two boats at the landing, so right now. But, you know, we've had some real severe weather, um, and I think that's part of the reason probably people want to just let it stabilize a little bit. And the pike fishing, I think, has been it's been decent. Uh, if you're fishing for perch with jigs and minnows, you're going to get some pike, uh, and that's been pretty constant through the whole last three or four weeks. Uh, I haven't been catching big ones, but I've been catching them in that 24 to 26 inch range, which is the protected range, by the way. You know, you got to release them from 22 to 26 inches. But there, there are some pike biting yet, and I think they will bite all the way to the ice out. 
And one last thing, I had a listener ask me the other day if they if you've heard anything about a fall crappie bite anywhere here, whether it be up around that Leech Lake area and some of those smaller lakes up around that area and here in the Brainerd Lakes. Are you hearing anything there, Ray? Farther north of Leech, the crappies are starting to bite and they're starting to go deeper. Uh, I haven't heard any reports this past week on Leech, and I haven't heard any reports in the Brainerd area just because I haven't had contact with people that are, uh, you know, are fishing for them. So... I don't have anything to report. But it's that time of the year to start looking deep, too. Even in midday, I think you can start going with your locator and going out into that deeper water. Let's say you're in uh, Gall Lake in Wilson's Bay. You can start to see those. And if you see them down 30, 35 feet of water or 40 feet of water, it's worth fishing them because that's a lot of times when you'll catch them in that deep water, if you can find days where you can feel it. Because uh, 40 feet of water, it's harder to feel bites, especially if there's any kind of wind. And I, and I would just say one other thing about people that are going to fish walleyes now. Uh, Lindy rigs definitely still are working. But if you're a person that has a hard time feeling a bite in 35 to 45 feet of water, uh, go with a jig, go with a little three-eighths or a half, a little heavier jig. Uh, and when you often don't even feel a bite on the jig, you just pick it up, and there they are. And it's a good way to fish crappies and uh, walleyes this time of year is to start going with jigs and minnows. There you go, Ray Gildow, Nisswa Guides League. You can check Ray out, raygildow.com, and he is uh, all over social media as well. Ray, I appreciate it. Good stuff, and uh, we will check in with you next week, okay? All right, sounds good. Thanks, Brian. Let's head out to Malax, get the report out there from Steve Sapaniak with Predator Guide Service. And Steve's been uh, kind of brave in all this goofy weather we've had. It's been cold, and it warmed up a little bit, and we had some fog to deal with earlier this week and some rain. All in all, though, Steve, if you add all that up, it's still been pretty decent, I heard, for you out there on Mille Lacs. It hasn't been bad, Brian. You know, like you and I were talking, I would say 90 to 95% of my people have had their chance at a muskie. You know, like one guy, he made a cast and everything, all of a sudden his line is just coming right to the boat. I'm screaming, set the hook, set the hook. He, he couldn't quite understand. I told him, I said, you know, that was a muskie for sure. I've never seen walleye or pike or bass grab a lure and charge the boat. But, yeah, a good 90 to 95% of my people have had their chance, and if they're not tying into a muskie, we've been tying into some really, really nice pike. You know, one of my guys, his son turned 18 the day I got it. I mean, he got a 22, 23-pound northern. Just, I mean, this thing looked like I just ate the NFL football. It was that big in the stomach. So, yeah, it's been fun. It's been interesting. The weather is tossing us a bunch of curves, but what do you do? You know, it's that time of year. We're throwing a lot of spinner baits again, Brian. I'm throwing a lot of... Um, Side-to-side glide baits, actions like the Phantom has been really good. The Suic is starting to come on. We've been doing some uh, pretty good fishing with the Suic. I've uh, really got to be honest with you folks. I'm pretty surprised and shocked how many big walleyes we're catching on musky lures. Uh, we're catching walleyes up to 9 pounds, and they are not sickly looking. These, fat, these fish are fat and healthy and just beautiful. So, yeah, looks like we got a lot of things happening. I just hope they uh, consider opening up the walleye a little bit for us to keep also. Yeah, we'll see on that. Those big pike you mentioned, Steve, too, were you specifically targeting them, or were they kind of mixed in with the uh, muskies? You know, we've been sort of getting them mixed in with the muskies, but when I do have a big pike trip and everything you know, coming up, I've got certain areas where it's more uh, pike than muskies, so that's always nice. Uh, spinner baits have been working real well for the big pike, Brian, right now. Uh, some glide baits have been taking a lot of nice pike, but mostly spinner baits right now. And they're hanging low right now this time of year, you know, waiting to ambush some prey. And that's what big pike do. And uh, let them think you're going to be pleasantly surprised. And you mentioned walleyes for those anglers that are out there actually targeting them, looking to get, obviously can't keep them, but 
you want to get a decent picture fish, Malax is a good place to go. Where are they at right now? You know, Brian, we're catching walleyes everywhere. When I'm guiding for muskies and big pike in the weeds, we're picking up those big walleyes right there. You know, a lot of people have a hard time, you know, believing that walleyes will live in the weeds all year round. You know, and that, that they are. They do live in the weeds all year round. You want to go out to the rock reefs right now this time of year, trolling crankbaits has been real, real productive, Brian, for big walleyes early in the morning, late in the evening. The flats are still doing well also, but why head way out there when you've got all the action you want for walleyes within a mile to two miles of shore? You can't beat it. You know, Ray was talking up on Leech Lake, Steve, about how good the, the perch have been up there. Malax uh, kind of making a bit of a comeback with perch. Are you seeing anything on that end? We're starting to see some more action on the perch, but not like it was supposed to be. September is prime month up here for perch in October, and just right now we haven't seen the really, really big ones. A lot of 8 to 10 inches, which is nice size, don't take me wrong. But I'm still waiting to see those days where we've got the 10 up to 12 and 13, 14 inches occasionally. You know, I have a funny feeling it's going to be coming around soon. But right now, the action isn't where it should be. I think we can blame Mother Nature for the up-and-down fluctuation of the temperature, air temperature, and water temperature. Well, Lax Lake dropped 7 degrees within a five-day period. That's a lot of water change. Yeah, and that lake can be kind of psycho that way anyway, so that didn't help. Exactly. You know, you talk about a temperamental body of water, this is it. <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt about that. One last thing, Steve, uh, fall crappies on uh, some areas seem to be going. Malax is a little lagging behind a little bit in some of those lakes around Malax. Malax is lagging behind, Brian, because, you know, the fall crappie bite has been going good on most of the small lakes around the area for over two weeks right now. It's been incredible on the smaller lakes, but right now on the big pond, it's been uh, it's been behind, you know, pick up one here, one there. But I think we're going to have things happen real quick. It's not going to be long, but when it turns on, it's going to be a very, very short run, and then it's going to be over with. Why is that? I mean, why, why is Mille Lacs so far behind everybody else? Well, you know, this lake here doesn't turn over. It's one of the few lakes in the nation that does not turn over because it's so well oxygenated. Plus, it's got so much natural forage for the crappies, you know, when they're out there in the main base and chasing around. Why move in any shallower? You know, Mille Lacs Lake is probably one of the premier lakes in the United States where it's so well producing its own natural forage you know i don't care about the walleyes that, that the dnr says doesn't have the forage we've got the forage out here you know it's just a matter of let's take advantage of it and when you got enough uh, food to eat you know on your own why go to the buffet try to hang around the open basins closer to shore look for those schools of the uh, the crappies you know hanging lower hanging uh, up in the water column target them with a small fly and uh, you know lately what's been really doing good is this imitation looks like a waxworm neon colored it has been doing fantastic it's been out producing regular minnows and it's incredible that something else can out produce a natural bait but it's been working good a little fly a little sinker about six inches above the fly get that little uh scented waxworm you know power bait going and just hang around the edge of the bulrushes and maybe start off about 50 yards from the edge. Look for those schools of crappies and move towards the edge of the weeds. You're going to start to find them uh, early in the morning, late in the evening. They're by the weeds. But later on during the you know, middle of the day, you're going to find them hanging out deeper. So that's what I would do is I would concentrate on those areas. And I just about forgot the uh, bass fishing out there. How's that been? Bass fishing's been doing pretty good. A lot of smallmouth, Brian. A lot of mid-sized, small, smallmouth. We're looking one to two pounds. If you're after the bigger ones, it's a tougher bite. I know a lot of guys, you know, and friends who guide for them, they're sitting on top of specific big rocks for many, many minutes. You know, one guy sat on one area for 15 minutes, drop shot rigging, but he was rewarded with about a five-and-a-half-pound smallie. I don't have that kind of patience to hang in there for one fish. I like to be a little bit more aggressive and go for more action with the smaller ones. There you go. Some great stuff. Steve Sapaniak. 
Predator Guide Service. You can check Steve out at PredatorGuideService.com as well as on Facebook. I appreciate the uh, info as always, Steve, and we'll check in soon, okay? My pleasure, Brian. Thank you. All right. When we come back, we'll switch gears to deer hunting. Brent Beimer with Beimer Outdoors Archery Pro Shop is going to get us ready for the rut, which is coming up. We'll hear from him when we come back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3, and uh, here we are into October now, and uh, we got to talk a little more bow hunting, and for that we bring in uh, Brent Beimer at Beimer Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, just west of Brainerd Baxter on uh, Highway 210. A lot to talk to Brent about this week. We've got some products we want to mention. There's a new line of bows coming out that he wants to talk about, some products you're going to need as we head towards rut. But, uh, Brent, here we are. Things uh, We had a little wind earlier this week. Uh, you, you were actually out hunting in that. I believe it was, what, Wednesday night? We had like 40-mile-an-hour winds. That pretty much took care of some of the leaves, so you're able to see a little bit more out in the woods and uh, dropped a lot of acorns, I would think. Yeah, I'm sure there ain't too many white oak acorns left on the trees after that. Um, you know, when I went out, it wasn't terrible, but as I was sitting there, it got very bad and very windy. I actually had to crawl out of my tree and get into a different one. So uh, what I can't believe is how the leaves can still hold on through something like that. It's crazy. <laughs> but there was a lot of leaves falling, so it is getting thinner. The story you told me off air I thought was amazing because uh, you kind of escaped a bit of a disaster that Wednesday night, too. I did. Um, you know, that wind came up, and the more I sat there, my tree started circling. And then I actually watched a tree fall down in the woods not far away from me, and the tree next to me was dead, and I heard it pop. And I'm like, i got to get down. So I climbed down, I ran to a ground, or not a ground blind, but a ladder stand that I've had up forever on a big solid tree and edge of a food plot. So I went to that, and the top of that dead tree uh, actually fell, landed on my stand. Um, so I was happy not to be in it at that point. So now I got a bunch of stuff to clean off that tree stand. Didn't look like it hurt it, but uh, I got pretty lucky uh, by being getting out of it somebody was watching over me i think i think so yeah um so what's been happening i mean talking to hunters and stuff since last time we talked to you we were kind of into the early stages of the bow season and sometimes things don't get going until we get into october a little bit uh talking to any happy hunters some things been happening yeah they've been shooting some deer you know we got some extra tags uh guys have uh, been putting some meat in the freezer anyway getting some does out of the way it's been pretty good. I haven't heard of any uh, real big ones being being harvested yet, but um, guys seem to be pretty happy in seeing some deer, you know. The weather's just been a little bit goofy. It has been cool, so it's nicer to be sitting in a tree versus 80 degrees, but, um, you know, the winds and the rains and, the, you know, it's just inconsistent that way, but it uh, seems like the deer have been moving a little bit. Guys have, uh, guys have been uh, needing some new broadheads anyway. And things are going to start to change here, Brent, here in the next uh, couple of weeks as we get closer to uh, rut. I've actually been seeing some bucks kind of on their own now. I don't know if they're rutting yet or even uh, that pre-rut, but uh, I think they're starting to get pretty close, huh? Yeah, I've seen a little bit of sparring and stuff on the little bucks. Um, they're going to break up. They're going to start finding their own homes. Uh, the bachelor groups will, will uh, you know, they'll disperse and they'll be on their own and, and um it's getting closer. Things are starting to shape up. You know, it's October, so uh, we like this month and we like next month. So it's all coming around. So what do hunters want to do now, Brent? Because the last time we talked to you, early season, you mentioned getting the acorns because they were starting to fall, um, getting your water sources and stuff. 
Is it getting now to maybe hunters want to get a little bit further back into the woods or they still want to hit where those acorns are or if they've got food plots and obviously water sources as well? Yeah, you know, you just got to be careful getting into the woods where, you know, you don't want to start bumping things around too much. Um, the acorns are still on the ground if they, you know, if you've got a lot of oaks. Um, and then key on your food sources. I'm watching, like right now, they're really hammering my radishes. They're in those radish plots like crazy. They're laying off the brown beans. You know, they're moving over to some of the radishes and different things that I have planted. Um, so they're still going to be in the acorns if they have them. And then just key in on those food sources and and uh, just don't get too far into the bedrooms yet to, you know, bump things or do things wrong there. Uh, be selective with that. Um, and just pay attention where your deer are coming in and out of and, and then start to move in a little bit later. So obviously your cover sense are still going to be your best friend, um, but it's going to turn here in a little bit where your tractor sense are going to start to come into play. Yep. We um, we actually got our Mrs. Dopey's landmines in, and it is time right now to get those landmines in the ground, get it under a licking branch, start a mock scrape, uh, get those deer sniffing around that. Uh, they are they are rubbing licking branches now. Um, I've seen a couple scrapes pop up. You know, that usually happens when you got a buck, you know, a few bucks running around, they'll start to paw the ground and scrape the ground. And, uh, they don't, you know, a little early, I wouldn't put too much into that, but, um, I would get the landmine set. It's a good place to get a camera over it. Deer will visit it. So they work really good. We we do a lot of landmines. It's from Mrs. Dopey's and, and, uh, you can make your own scrape. And maybe one more time, Brent, we'll have you uh, mention what those are, because we have listeners that come and go, maybe some new listeners of the show, and maybe some new deer hunters that are trying it for the first time. When you mention landmines and putting them in the ground, don't take it literally, right? Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> it's not the ones that you pull the pin on. Right. Uh, <laughs> these ones are, they come in a four-ounce bottle, I believe it is. It comes with a big wick that's attached to the bottle. And you actually bury that in the ground. You dig a hole, you bury it in, you clean your leaves away, make like a a mock scrape. And then uh, you bury it in the ground, you pull that wick out, and then your scent is always, always there. It just keeps permeating out of the bottle and through the wick. And it's there for the whole month prior, you know. If it, um, I've had deer rip them out of the ground, paw them up. I mean, they, they really work. I mean, we got guys that buy you know, six, eight, ten of them for their properties, and, and um, they uh, they swear by them. I mean, it is a really good product as far as uh, deer urine goes because there's a lot of it out there that, yeah, it's not so good. And you mentioned it lasts about a month. Does weather play into it, Brent, if we get like a stretch of rain or something like that? Can that cause it to maybe not last as long? Yeah, you know, if you if you dug it in a mud puddle and, and put it down, of course you can uh, – fill that bottle up with a lot of water and dilute it out. The more rains we get, the the worse it is for it. But, um, you know, that's where if something like that happens, you may just have to dig it out and put a new one in. Um, I've, I've had it happen where, uh, you know, the scrape had always, I put it in this place where they always scrape. They got a pretty good hole dug in already or, or whichever. And, and then all of a sudden it filled up with water. And, you know, that doesn't help it, but chance we take we can't uh, predict what's going to come down and rain but i'll tell you what it uh it keeps that urine around there and it just keeps them coming back to that licking branch for so when you want to when you want to harvest them towards the rut they're already accustomed to coming to that certain spot so you're pretty well stocked on the landmines then 
Yeah, yep, we'll get quite a few in. All right, so that's some one thing for hunters to check out. Uh, something else, Brent, coming up on, I believe, Monday, you're going to unleash the uh, 2019 uh, line of Mission Bows. Yep, Mission's got four new bows coming out. We're going to see them on Monday the 8th. Um, I can't tell you what they are other than they revamped pretty much the whole line. I'll be able to tell you what they are on Monday. <laughs> so if people want to stop in, check them out, uh, there you go. They'll be you know, basically fresh off the truck. So that's one thing on Monday there at uh, Bimert Outdoors you can check out. And one last thing, Brent, I wanted to talk to you about, uh, something you got coming up here in a matter of weeks, and that is your fall bonanza. Yeah, we're going to have a fall bonanza this year. Uh, we're looking at October 13th and 14th. Um, we're going to put a huge blowout on uh, all remaining 2018 bows. We're going to have ground blind set out front. we got grills on sale. Um, we're just going to have a, a big bash and maybe get some food cooking out there and and uh, have a big sale on uh, the 13th and 14th of October. And that will be during your normal business hours? Yep, 9 to 5 on Saturday and 9 to 3 on Sunday. And we can get somebody set up with a new bow and have them ready before rut. So hopefully we see a bunch of people out and get them geared up for the rut that's coming. That's for sure. Uh, there you go, Brent Beimert, Beimert Outdoors Archery Pro Shop. Once again, you can check him out just west of Brainerd Baxter on Highway 210. He's also all over social media as well. Brent, I appreciate it. Good luck out in the woods, and uh, we'll check in real soon, okay? Sounds good. Thanks, Brian. When we come back, we'll head up to the northern part of Minnesota with the Up North Report. Matt Brewer with North Country Guide Service in Bemidji will drop by. We'll talk goose and grouse hunting up there and some more fall fishing when we come back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Up north to Bemidji for the Up North Report. Matt Brewer, North Country Guide Service, joins us. And, uh, Matt, well, we finally did it. We we talked about it for weeks, and and you and I finally got to hunt together after all of these years. Had a pretty good time up there at Goose Fest this year. Yeah, it was fun. Never disappointing. It's uh, it's a bummer we didn't get to hunt a little more, but... uh, Well, it was certainly exciting, I'll tell you that. Yeah, we we had some birds working, knocked down... Uh, plenty of honkers and we had some right in our face so it was pretty cool and good weekend overall i got i got a fridge full of meat always a good thing and you know the the thing too that we mentioned it's not just geese up there i mean there's a variety of things people can hunt all the way from ducks to sharp tail to crane yeah i think uh our tally for the weekend we had we had rough grouse we had sharp tail um four species of ducks and geese and cranes so um not too bad for two days worth of hunting. I'm planning on going out in the morning and see how it goes, and then I have to guide for grouse and woodcock on Sunday, so we'll see how that goes. Um, still still good numbers of woodcock around, so that northwest wind didn't blow them out, but we got snow again on Thursday, and I, I don't know that warmer is really <laughs> a fitting word, but uh, but it, maybe it'll be warmer in Brainerd, but it, it we've had hard frost here, and it's it's cold, and I actually am talking to you, and I have my ice armor jacket on, so <laughs> it's, it's it's getting a little ridiculous. The leaves are changing, and, and I'm supposed to be comfortable in a hooded sweatshirt, and I'm I'm bundled up in ice gear. So, well, I hope this isn't a sign of things to come because I, I had said a few weeks back we're due for a, a decent fall. I mean, it seems like we get an extended summer into September, and then maybe a week worth of decent fall weather, and then we're right into you know, winter-type conditions. And this year, we didn't even get that one week of decent fall weather. It went from, like, 90 degrees on a Sunday to 40 degrees on a Monday, 
and we've had a hard time getting above that since. Yeah, it's just it, this fall has been really tough. I mean, fall is my favorite season, and I would like to be out every single day, and and the weather just hasn't hasn't permitted me to do that. Uh, between the rain and the wind and the cold, I'm not going to lie, I've punted a few times because I'm like, eh, it's pretty cold out. <laughs> It'd be nice to get one of those nice elongated falls. You get the full season, and uh, it, it just isn't working out that way this year. No, that's for sure. Uh, one thing I did want to ask you about, Matt, you mentioned rough grouse, and we're starting to see the leaves fall, maybe be able to see a little bit more in the woods. Uh, I would think things are going to only get better as we now head into October for grouse hunters. Have you been hearing anything decent, or just not a lot of hunters in the woods yet? Uh, I haven't heard a ton um, I actually haven't haven't talked to a lot of people who have been hunting rough grouse. A lot of a lot of the people that are hardcore uplanders that I keep in good touch with, uh, a lot of them like went to North Dakota for sharp tail. Uh, I had a bunch of buddies that that did like like dream trip type stuff, and they went out for sage grouse, like Wyoming. So it, it's been really weird. I've I've seen more more grouse reports from like Wyoming, Montana. Uh, North Dakota than I have in Minnesota, but but the times I've been out, it's been it's been good. I haven't haven't had a blank yet. I mean, the shooting conditions are just going to get better with the leaves coming off. There's still a lot of leaves, but they they've really changed and and should start dropping pretty good. Um, that wind and frost really took them down. My yard is pretty pretty layered up, but the but looking at the woods right now, I mean, there there's still plenty up. So we got we got time. So that's uh, on the hunting front. I did want to touch on fishing a little bit too, Matt. Uh, the fall fishing down here has been pretty good. And uh, Ray had mentioned that he had even heard north of Leech Lake, people who want to go after crappies up your way have been having uh, some pretty good success. Would you agree? Yeah, I did uh, a crappie trip yesterday, and uh, it was pretty good. And I think uh, I think I'll probably try to get out. If we get a warm, calm day, I'll try to get out and do that at least one or two more times. Um, and I got Rylander uh, guiding for crappies on Sunday as well. So there are plenty, plenty of fish stacked up where they're supposed to be on their fall pattern. So really good time of year to fish, uh, fish crappies and and some of those deeper walleyes, uh, mid lake structure and just off the edges. Uh, they're really starting to pile up and put on the feed bags too. So great time of year to fish. Great time of year to hunt. Got to pick your poison. All right on the crappie front, Matt. Do you do anything special in the fall? Very simple. You just find the schools on your electronics. Uh, typically, suspended over a little bit deeper water, uh, adjacent to those deep holes, the deep basins, and you get on top of a school. You try to stay vertical, and we're just using uh, like eight ounce jigs with with a fathead, and and you just try to you know drop it to bottom and reel up until you think you're above or just above the school or in the school, and just give it a little pop and and wait. I mean they. They're really aggressive, and the key is just finding them. Once you find them, catching them is easy. And then on the walleye front, Matt, uh, I know you cranks are what you like to use late summer into fall. Do you start doing anything different as we head into mid-October and even into the, the late season? Jigging deep minnows and jig wrapping right now. Um, you know, ripping stuff like a, a Salmo zipper or a jigging wrap, something like that over deep water works really well. Otherwise, uh, a little bit bigger jig with a light, light sucker minnow or a chub. You can get fancy and rig red tails or something like that. But, uh, 
realistically you can get away with just doing uh, bigger rainbow minnows on a, on a bigger jig and look to that deeper water. They're out, you know, adjacent to the mud. So 30, 32 to 40 feet of water is where most of them seem to be holding right now. And, and the best way to get at them is, is go vertical over top of them. So plenty of fish to be had that way. One last thing, Matt, on muskies, bigger pike, anybody having some success up your way? Cause I know you got a lot of lakes, lakes that have those in them as well. Yeah, I'm, I am seeing a lot of muskie reports and hearing a lot of people doing well on muskies and I'm dying to get out. I, uh, I'd like to get out muskie fishing at least once or twice more, but everyone is talking about how good the bite is. Uh, fish are really shallow up in the sand and rocks. So throwing pretty much anything. I'm hearing top water. I'm hearing glide baits. I'm hearing bucktails. Um, pretty much anything is, is getting them going. You just gotta be in the right spot at the right time. There you go. That's Matt Brewer, North Country Guide Service in Bemidji. You can check him out at northcountryguides.com. He is all over social media as well. Matt, I appreciate it. Good stuff. Uh, thanks again for a great weekend up there in uh, Middle River, and uh, we'll talk to you here real soon, okay? Sounds good. More of Brainerd Outdoors after this on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. In time for our Hungry Hunter segment here on the show, Chef Joel, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon, 371 North and Baxter joins us. This is interesting, Joel, if people still got a little venison laying around in the uh, freezer, mount them, maybe make a little room. Something that we haven't done on the show before, this is a bourbon deer bites. What's this all about? Well, we're kind of going a little appetizer uh, party style this week. So we're going to take some venison, we're going to dice it up into nice little one-inch cubes. Um, whatever you have, whether it's a backstrap, if you got one still, you know, doubt it, but one hanging out still, <laughs> or, or just a nice, uh, a couple of nice steaks diced up. We're going to marinate that first. We're going to, we're going to build a marinade with some bourbon. I'm throwing a little bit of A1 steak sauce. You know, I prefer A1 or if you want to go 57, you can definitely go that route as well. So a little steak sauce, a little bit of honey to sweeten it up, some Worcestershire, uh, fresh garlic. We're going to mix all that up, whip it up real nice. And we're going to toss in our, our venison cubes. Let that sit, you know, 12 hours, 24 hours, however long you have. Let it sit for a while. Next day we'll pull it out. Let the marinade kind of drain off a little bit, and we're going to roll that into some bacon. Mm. We're going to take bacon strips, cut them in half, and then roll it up, put a little toothpick through it, and then we're going to grill them. We're going to go to a nice uh, medium-hot grill, throw them on, just get the bacon nice and crispy. We don't really want to overcook the venison. We want to keep that about a mid-rare or medium inside of there. Par-cook your bacon, bake it off a little bit, that way your bacon doesn't get too crispy and your venison still rare. Well, it sounds fantastic. Any certain type of bourbon you want to use? I'm a fan of Jim Beam. That's just the way I go with it. Um, any kind of whiskey would work as well, whatever you have in the cupboard. There you go. So give it a try. Bourbon Deer Bites. Uh, you can head to our website, BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com. Click on the recipes tab. you got that one and a ton of others that Chef Joel has been nice enough to uh, share with us to try. Uh, BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com. Just click on the recipes tab. Chef Joel, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon, 371 North and Baxter. Thanks, Joel. Thank you, Brian. And that will put a wrap on this week's show. Don't forget, you can catch Brainerd Outdoors just after 7, Saturday mornings, Sunday evenings at 7, and Monday mornings at 5, right here on B93.3. You can also stream the show live if you're out of town or away from your radio. BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com is where you want to go. Click on the Listen Live tab. You can also listen to the show on demand at BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com, and we are podcastable wherever you download podcasts 
iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast One, you name it. Where you go for podcasts, search Brainerd Outdoors, download us, give us a nice rate and review, and subscribe. We would appreciate that. We'll see you next weekend for another edition of Brainerd Outdoors. I'm Brian Moon. Brainerd Outdoors has been brought to you by Vernal Shoe Store, Randall, Newman Construction, Thielen Meats, and Little Falls, SCR Northern, the guys who answer the phone, Northern Sales and Manufacturing, your Ice Castle dealer in Pine River, Dotsler Power Equipment of Aiken, Tracker Boating Center of Brainerd, Oars and Mine and Crosby, Pine River State Bank, Bimert Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, Jack Pine Brewery, the official beer of Brainerd Outdoors, Freedom Firearms, The Power Lodge, Chef Roberts Fish Breading Mix, S&W Bait and Tackle, Crow Wing Recycling, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon, and by Radco, your truck accessory pros. Join Brian Moon just after 7 Saturday mornings, Sunday evening at 7, and Monday mornings at 5 for another edition of Brainerd Outdoors right here on B93.3.